You are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. One oh six on this Tuesday. Folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM thirteen eighty and ninety-nine point nine FM. This portion of the program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, they are waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. 40 Breakneck Hill Road. In Lincoln. Well, folks, um, let's see. We have a lot of developments. The big national story is what's going on with Mike Pence. We, uh, the former vice president is now. <laughs> Here we go. This is CNN Breaking News. Wow. We're bringing some brand new breaking news. Exclusive CNN reporting just into us. A source revealing, get this, another discovery of classified documents. Ah. Roughly a dozen government documents were uncovered at the home of former Vice President Mike Pence. Ah. That was in Indiana. What? The search took place last week. The documents were found by one of the former Vice President's lawyers. The FBI was immediately notified. This find, of course, flies in the face of repeated Pence denials that he held on to any classified materials when he left the government. The back... You know, that I, none of this is good. So now it's Trump, Pence, two, Biden, one. Is, I'm seeing someone put out this seemed in, inevitable for pretty much every former president, VP, state defense secretary who knows who else, regardless how they handled it. Systematic problem that needs to be fixed. It is certainly starting to seem that way. This is, um, I, I, I just don't know where this is going. Let me see this. Gino Caldwell. Discriminated. I think I've had him on the program. While he was at the restaurant. Let me hear Gino this. Caldwell tweeted over the weekend, quote, I Hannity did a piece on happened. this. I met up with friends for breakfast at Paradise Books and Bread in North Miami. And while we were there having discussions about politics, we were told by the owner that we were not welcome there because we aren't politically aligned, uh, out, which is outrageous. You know, now Paradise Books and Bread, they said in a statement in response, quote, a group of people came in, ordered their food, sat in the inside corner, talked quite loudly for over an hour. A lot of what they were discussing was very troubling, specifically when talking about women in degrading ways, as well as us using eugenic arguments about their thoughts on Roe v. Wade. Once it was clear that they were finished with their meal, we told them that our views don't align and that the language that they were using was unwelcome in our space. They were offended, the vapors. Anyway, none of that sounds very tolerant or inclusive or even believable to me, but that's what they're saying. Here to explain more, the author of, this is a great book, Taken for Granted, uh, our friend Fox News political analyst, General Colwell, um, I want to just remind people, you lost your little brother, and you're moving, you move with your other brother 
down to Florida to keep your family safe. You're moving other family members down there to keep them safe. Uh, you have now have a new calling to help save lives in cities like Chicago, where your innocent brother was, was murdered uh, back in June. You're working with Congress. You're working with John Walsh. You're doing incredible work. It's become a calling for you. You're there. Were you ever talking about anything involving eugenics? Anything degrading towards women? Because I know you to be a pretty good Christian. That doesn't sound like you to me. Absolutely not. I was not saying anything like that. And thank- I don't know what to make of um, how things are just off the, the rails now. Can you imagine asking someone to leave the, the restaurant because of that? How is that not biased? I don't. I don't understand where we're going. All right, let me get to the, um, we have some developments on this Tuesday regarding the Pawtucket police officer, Daniel Dolan. He was off duty. He shot an unarmed teenager. This would be a problem if he was on duty in his district. I, you know, you don't know until you watch them, but I I think this is a problem. I think he's got a lot of problems, I should say. I'm not surprised at this. I mean, of all the different options you have, he shoots the... Um, Shout the unarmed teen. It's also, look at the parallel. Vin Vespia has passed away. 84 years old. I want to play, I think Channel 12 did a quick piece on this. Uh, And the headline fits. Rhode Island law enforcement legend dies at age 84. And he was and is. I know his uh, daughter. Let me hear this. Vespia, a legendary figure in Rhode Island law enforcement, has died. South Kingstown police telling us he passed away this morning at South County Hospital. Vespia's police career spanned more than five decades. He battled the mob on Federal Hill as a state trooper and then became South Kingstown's police chief in 1981, a position that he held until his retirement in 2016. At the time, he was Rhode Island's longest-serving police chief. In 2012, he was first ever inductee into the Rhode Island Criminal Justice Hall of Fame. Vincent Vespia was 84 years old. Really, really good guy. Uh, I knew Chief Vespia. I'm sorry to hear that. He was the type I could call, ask him about a case, many times talk off the record, sometimes on the record, get a handle of it. Good guy. Oh, I know what I want to play. Um, I mentioned this um, state senator, Jessica De La Cruz. Channel 6 put together a good piece where I think she outlines the argument pretty successfully regarding... um, the, the fact of, of whether or not, well, Governor McKee saying it's his priority to um, fund, it's actually even embarrassing to mention, but to, to fund 
all abortions. Daniel Coates of Channel 6 did a good piece on this, and he does it the back-to-back. So you're going to hear Governor McKee, and you're going to hear State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. Let me play this. Is that, uh, hopefully they'll do it quickly and early in the session so that we can uh, you know, focus on, on the budget issues that are going to drive economic outcomes, academic outcomes, and health outcomes for everybody. We already provide abortion coverage to state workers and to those on Medicaid uh, under the instances of rape, incest, and life of the mother, and asking uh, Rhode Islanders to pay for a procedure that is not necessary but is an elective procedure, that's where Rhode Islanders have an issue. You know, I what I think is very positive for uh, the people of the state, and specifically the Rhode Island Republican Party, is is how experienced she is, she potentially, not yet, but potentially could be a force. Um, I like the fact that she delivered the response to Governor McKee's state of the state. She, I think, comes across very reasonable, very well-spoken. And what I liked about that was she very quickly kind of summed up the issue very effectively and didn't get lost. It's not as easy as some people think it is, the reason I say that. Someone else, and I mentioned this in the, the first hour, it is, um, it is remarkable about the difference right now with Governor DeSantis of Florida compared to Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. And the reason I I say that is I think it will be helpful for people to hear the way that Mike Pompeo and Governor DeSantis, boy, this is the most attention, I'm just scrolling right now, the most attention Mike Pence has gotten. He's written a book and he wants to run for president, but all the attention is on the fact they found the They found classified documents at his home. Um, But it's going to be helpful for people to hear it because you don't hear any elected official in Rhode Island talk in the terms that these two talk about as far as public, public school education and the problem with the power of the teachers unions. So it's going to be, I think, it's going to be effective for people to be able to hear how he pushes back against the power of the teachers unions because you, you you don't hear it. At least not locally. And so maybe I think it could be, first of all, I think a lot of parents are going to welcome it. And then it, it could rub off on some local leaders. You know, something he's taken a hit on is, you know, he's going to block a course on African-American studies from the state public schools. But I want you to, um, this is the governor and his in his own words. This is uh, Governor DeSantis yesterday. This is really powerful. We're going to be uh, advancing proposals 
uh, to make sure that uh, teachers' uh, paychecks are protected. Uh, they are not going to have, if we do these reforms, automatic deduction for school union dues. That's your choice. If you want to do it, you know, send money. That's fine. Uh, but to have it automatically deducted when you sign an authorization form, they don't even tell you how much is being deducted. You know, that's not right. So we want more transparency into how that is done. Uh, and we believe that a school union has a responsibility to notify uh, the members of the costs uh, of Mama, membership. Uh, we also believe that uh, you should not have the school be a focus of school union politics and politicking and handing out wow. literature and doing all that stuff. You do that on your own time, uh, not on, on the public's time. We also believe that, and it will be reflected in this proposal, you know, if you're somebody that's working for a school union, you should not make any more than what the highest paid teacher is making. And that's just, you have these people making huge amounts of money, and the teachers are making half of that amount of money. How is that fair? How is that something that makes sense? And so having partisan groups basically get special privileges for deductions and all these other stuff, you know, that doesn't work. And so I think this will be a huge, huge uh, boon for transparency and efficiency. You know, that is um, really remarkable, folks. That is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And I was just, can, can you imagine if Governor McKee actually gave that type of speech? If Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee actually repeated what Governor DeSantis did? And listen, by the way where he talks about raising the pay for teachers. ...through the ability to exercise parental choice and uh, whether it means really supporting good teachers and making sure we can recruit and, and retain really high quality teachers so that our students have great leadership in the classroom. And since I've been governor, uh, we've increased funding by over $2 billion to raise teacher salaries in the state of Florida. You know, he is, this is the message that I think is needed. This is the message that it, it's, it's really going to stand out. I want to play again. And I want you to just picture, can you imagine if Governor McKee gave this speech or if some Republican at the Rhode Island State House would have the backbone and courage to say out loud exactly what he, what Governor DeSantis says. Be, uh, advancing proposals uh, to make sure that uh, teachers' uh, paychecks are protected. Uh, they are not going to have, if we do these reforms, automatic deduction for school union dues. That's your choice. If you want to do it, you know, send money. That's fine. Uh, but to have it automatically deducted when you sign an authorization form, they don't even tell you how much is being deducted. You know, that's not right. So we want more transparency into how that is done. Uh, and we believe that a school union has a responsibility to notify uh, the members of the costs uh, of membership. Uh, we also believe that uh, you should not have the school be a focus of 
school union politics and politicking and handing out literature and doing all that stuff. You do that on your own time, uh, not on, on the public's time. We also believe that and it will be reflected in this proposal, you know, if you're somebody that's working for a school union, you should not make any more than what the highest paid teacher is making. And that's just, you have these people making huge amounts of money, and the teachers are making half of that wow. amount of money. How is that fair? How is that something that makes sense? And so having partisan groups basically get special privileges for deductions and all these other stuff you know that doesn't work and so i think this will be a huge huge uh, boon for transparency and if it you know he is again he is remarkable that is florida governor ron DeSantis. what i think will be a benefit and again folks good afternoon it's 122 you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 and 99.9 .9 fm i think um I think it'll be good, the fact of that just for people, especially in the Northeast, to, to actually hear someone verbalize that. So someone lay it out that, of course, everything he said is true, but in our state, and Justin Katz and I talk about this. It's it's always though it's it's a big dance. No one wants to come out and say what's the real problem regarding the public schools and the and the education and and why nothing changes. The only person that came relatively close was Mayor Alorza. And that's as he was leaving office, by the way, not as he was the mayor. But DeSantis laying it out, you know, would be really impressive. What would be really impressive would be if someone would actually say, repeat what Governor DeSantis just said. But if someone actually said that, who was right now an office holder, in Rhode Island, like on the floor of the Rhode Island State House, they they would be like attacked, they'd be booed. Now, someone that's getting a lot of play is Congressman David Cicilline. He they're holding a hearing on the ticket ma Ticketmaster and the problem for the Taylor Swift fans. He did an interview interview with um, ABC, and I want to just play some of this. First lawmakers to speak out about this when it happened. You even tweeted that uh, Ticketmaster's quote excessive wait times and fees are completely unacceptable and are a symptom of a larger problem. Adding that Live Nation Ticketmaster is an unchecked monopoly. Why do you believe that, and, and why was it so important for you to call attention to this? Well, it's important to say right at the outset, this is not about a website problem. This is about a monopoly. You know, we wrote back to, in the, to the Justice Department, to the Attorney General uh, and the Federal Trade Commission in April of last year, asking them to look at the practices of Live Nation Entertainment Ticketmaster, this merger between Live Nation and Ticketmaster, where they control 80% of the ticket sales in major venues in this country. That's a monopoly. And what that has resulted in is horrible consumer experiences, higher prices for tickets, less compensation for artists. So all the things monopolies do, you know, competition is what drives innovation 
It's what keeps prices low. It's what ensures that workers are fairly compensated. And Ticketmaster, uh, Live Nation Entertainment, this merger, which when it was approved, there was a consent decree entered that they have repeatedly violated. The Justice Department modified the consent decree. They continue to violate it. And really and truly, they should never have been allowed to consolidate and control 80% of the market. Now, Congressman, you've also called for a Department of Justice investigation into the Taylor Swift ticket debacle. Where does that stand right now? Yes, uh, when we made that request, we learned that there was an investigation already underway by the Department of Justice about the anti-competitive practices of Ticketmaster. Uh, Taylor Swift's concert was just the most recent example. Sometime before that, Adele had the same experience. So what we're seeing is more and more evidence that the absence of competition is producing a terrible experience for consumers, uh, much higher ticket prices, and these horrible efforts to get a ticket that some fans have described as the Hunger Games. So we made that request. We learned the Department of Justice was already conducting an investigation. Um, I think the Senate hearing today will be very helpful in shining a light on the really anti-competitive practices of this large monopoly that really has no significant competition. And that, that's what happens when you have monopolies. They, they don't have to respond to consumers. They don't have to respond to workers. They don't have to respond to artists because they control so much of the market. They can do whatever they want. So too big to care, uh, as uh, the chair of the FTC often says about large. Folks, again, that is uh, Congressman David Cicilline. Right now it's 126, and you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 138. AM 1380. JR, I just sent you a text. AM 1380, 99.9 FM. And you can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. Now, this portion of the show, it's brought to you by our friend Marie, and it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland on this delightful Tuesday. A lot of the snow is uh, melting, which is not a bad thing. Pop in and see Marie diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. Vitamins, herbal remedies, local products, over 250 bulk herbs, teas and spices, hemp and CBD products, and much more. Folks, it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now also... um, I also want to remind you about Matthews Oil Company. Now, we have a long way to go with winter. That's why you can depend on Matthews Oil Company. Two minutes, JR. Call them today, 401-942-7500. 401 Mercy Service, Matthews Oil will fill your tank and keep you or your business nice and warm, residential or commercial. If you're on a budget, they have various payment plans. Matthews Oil Company, call them today. Call them right now, 401-942-7500, 401-942-7500 for Matthews Oil Company. So the Pence story that they have found documents now in the home, classified documents of the home of former Vice President Mike Pence. Now, you know, I, I don't know, but I wouldn't worry about Kamala Harris because I don't think she takes the job that seriously. So I'm willing to bet that they are probably not going to find any documents at her home. But now you have three. And Biden, 
what I think is a major red flag is the problem that 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 goes back to, in fact, when he was in the Senate. So if he was that cavalier about it, I think it's also important to remember, it's not a matter of who is cooperating and all Biden called it. It's, it's not a matter of that. 30 seconds, Jr. The question is, is why did they have them in the first place? The cavalier attitude. But I, I again think that this I think this helps President Trump. I think it does, because now you start to wonder the system we have is not working, that you have three high profile individuals, two for two former president, current president, former vice president, and all of them have classified documents apparently in their homes. So you're listening to the John DePietro show. Uh, JR, we're going to break in 10 seconds. Again, visit the website, folks, am1380depetro.com. We will be doing Cranston PD Live tonight. Let's take a quick break. Much more ahead right here on the John DePietro show. You are listening to the John DePietro show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dePietro.com. This portion of our program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food, drink, always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area, there's normally a game on and a nice group of people there, or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather, they have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane heating and cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery. And they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508 
252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for a segment, Politics This Week. Joining us is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off. We'll uh, go through Governor McKee, his big state of the state, and some of his budget budget items. But something to me that is, um, I think it shows real insight is to the real limited capabilities of both the governor and his staff. And that is that governor had been hinting about big uh, tax cuts and making things more tax-friendly, and then he makes the big announcement. Rhode Island is an outlier with sales tax, with the highest in New England at 7%, Massachusetts, Connecticut, closer to 6 And the governor comes out and says, almost enthusiastically, actually, that he uh, wants to propose to lower it to 685 Five percent. I wish I was in the conference room when that was coming out. But anyhow, I'd like to start off by hearing some of your thoughts on that. <laughs> well, I, I think that that actually you, you put your finger right on one of the key problems we have in Rhode Island uh, with our politics and their economy and so on. He's looking at this as all Rhode Island politicians do, as a sort of a, a handout, right? When it, we're going to give you. Uh, 0.15 off your sales tax, and that adds up to whatever, uh, $100 million for every, across the state. So like, at most 100 bucks for everybody who lives here, um, which is, is pretty ludicrous. That's not the way you want to look at tax policy. What you have to look at is how it affects the overall economy. No business is going to open because the sales tax reduced by 0.15%. That's just not why you would do that policy. But I think it really gets to how they think. It's all right, so I have to shore up my my taxpayer uh, support. So let me let me reduce let me give them something, and that's how all politics operates in Rhode Island, and that's why we're in the condition it is. Um, when we looked at when I was with the Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity, we used an economic model to estimate uh, the effects of different tax policies. We looked specifically at this question, and we we recommended getting rid of the sales tax altogether, uh, but. The, the sweet spot that we found was a 3% sales tax was where you would make, you would boost the economy and make back a lot of the money because the economy was, was boosting. You would have more income tax and so on and so forth. That was kind of the sweet spot. So in my mind, unless you're going to 3%, there's no reason even talking about it. It's just, you know, it's nice. It's, a, it's like another gimme. You might as well treat us like, you know, this is the taxpayer group. This is the labor union. These are the, environmentalists the taxpayers get their 0.15 percent it's just it's just a silly way to to go about policy again i I don't have a great analogy for it but justin what's hard to fathom just shows me noticed there was no it doesn't sound like uh that there was any business leader that was that was in the room with them and and you know that he would have mentioned and you know did the whole thing why don't you stand up and take a bow that they were behind this there's there was no obviously. There's no reaction from the quote greater Providence Chamber of Commerce. Not that they're effective, but to me, it just illustrated that. And it's kind of what you and I have been saying is that I just don't think they they don't have a clue of what would be important to business, what would really move the needle. Uh, to me, this is not a group. It, it's just kind of reminiscent of you've seen the 
the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt, you know, is playing Billy Bean and he's in the room with the scouts and he realizes that they all just think the same thing. They all say the same thing, but no one really knows what the problem is of how they're going to identify what the problem is. And I think that really illustrates it, that the first thing they think about is how is that going to impact spending because of the lack of revenue? They don't think about how it could benefit A, the businesses or B, the consumers. Right. There's no there's no guiding philosophy. It's it's the no. they they want to give out as much as they can to get support while shoring up the spending. And I think really the problem is I mean a lot of I have a feeling it wouldn't take them long to understand the problems and what businesses need. But those those solutions are all off the table. They're just right. it's across the board. Education, economy, they're the the solutions are off the table because they affect other special interests. And it, we're just not going to do it. We're not going to take the risk of reducing the sales tax to three percent or lower. We're not going to do that because what what might happen if we don't get that revenue then we won't be able to give the labor unions their piece of the pie we won't be able to buy off the progressives with this that or the other thing uh, that and the, all these insiders we've spent all these decades cultivating as a in giving them no choice but to go along with whatever we want we we might start to lose them if we can't buy them off and frankly that's that's characterized mckee's candidacy as we've discussed many times he just he bought his way into the state house this oh, time yeah. around and so oh. that it's just right there you you can't give away the money or using to buy votes and that's that's just how they think about it there's no no philosophy at all behind it you know notice and again folks our segment is politics this week with us is justin katz managing editor anchorizing.com justin and especially this comes on the heels of i mean record 600 million dollar surplus and just so people understand that means we're clearly way overtaxed uh, no one, no, nothing even floated of sending money back. No one thinks that, gee, maybe we should even cut the workforce. Maybe we should do less spending. Um, I don't want to spend too much time with it, but I'm just curious your thoughts also on, on his on his budget and what he regards as should be priorities, you know, with this budget. Uh, what, what he views, it, it's, really, um, it's really a shame that we have someone – uh, as inept as this governor in charge at a time when there is so much money and you could truly make impact in the direction of the state. Um, but just the rest of his budget, there's there's nothing that talks about making the state more business friendly, uh, competitive. We'll get to the education thing in a moment, but anything stand out uh, to you from the rest of his state of the state or his budget? No, no, nothing stands out. And I think that that's the problem. There, there's really no vision. You could tell this was built from the politics backwards. Right? Okay, who are all the interest groups? How do I say something that pleases them? It was it was completely an empty speech. It was just um, uh, name some people to make it seem human. I name a bunch of minuscule policies, a few policy priorities that I know are politically popular with certain groups. Bing, bing, bing. It's our turn. All right. See you later. And he delivers it. He always looks annoyed to be wherever he is, it seems to me. And so there's, yeah, there's and that's just in keeping because maybe he knows that, that he's just giving dry pabulum that, that nobody's really going to take seriously. It's just, yeah, there's there's nothing really to talk about because he doesn't he doesn't attack any. He doesn't have a vision or a strategy or it's just play the game, buy our votes. Yeah. And, and the thing that is not said is I think. I think he realizes, as you say, he needs all that surplus money because now he's got to fulfill all these campaign promises that are very expensive that are about to come due. Now, I am curious, uh, 
Justin, to hear your thought on it was State Senator Jessica De La Cruz, who's the minority leader in the Senate, and she was chosen to give the um, you know the Republican response to Governor McKee. It was it was Blake Filippi last year, and he you know really did a great job. It's unfortunate that the local media doesn't pick up on the fact that. You know, I remember clearly last year, people were like, wow, who is that? And can I vote for him for governor? And I I think if the local media does anything, they don't give enough of a voice to the Republican Party, anyone that speaks the opposite. Uh, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on minority leader Jessica De La Cruz that gave the, the you know, the response to the, the McKee state of the state. Well, simply her her presence and and presentation do, and the lack of coverage of it, and they do expose the hypocrisy or the the the, the scam, the the illusion that the media cares about a lot of these women's rights and and minorities versus you know white male McKee from 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 a privileged background. They that's all just lip service. They 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 need to ignore the Republican because that's just the story they tell. Uh, but as far as her speech, I, I thought it was I thought it was good. I think she hit on some good themes. But yeah. what's really striking me between McKee's speech and hers, and then some other issues, I think some of which we'll talk about, geez, is the Republicans are being pulled into this Democrat game. So it wasn't there was no really no strong contrary vision so much. It was right. uh, sales tax. We should go to five percent. You know, it's just the it's just negotiating and we'll, we'll give you a little bit more of a, a moderate conservative view and that might be the end policy you end up with but i don't think it's the it's where you where you want to start i think they they really need to start going after the the what the real problems are and, and offer the conflicting vision because you know i'm noticing that the, the democrats and and progressives they really less and less even are talking about what they believe and what they want for the future because they can't because that would get them that would get them out of office right away they can't tell you what they're where they're headed and i think that's where republicans have an opportunity that they keep missing but if they're gonna if they're gonna try to say yeah we'll just do things a little better you know they don't as a party not jessica but as a party they don't really have credibility for that because they're not in power they haven't been in power for a long time and they don't have any shining person who everybody goes yeah that's a credible person who could run the state um single-handedly if need be you know they, so they i think that they're making a mistake by by trying to do that that you know we'll 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 do a little bit more we'll focus a little more on business we'll we'll give a little more choice as our education solution that kind of negotiation i think is not where these speeches need to be at this point Folks, quick break. Once more ahead, politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors, they specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401 
480-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream, build, enjoy. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Certainly seems like winter a little bit more on this Tuesday, January 24th. Happy birthday to my oldest sister, Jane Gallagher. But look at the snow. There is snow on the ground. I don't think it's going to last that long, and it wasn't a lot, but it certainly makes it feel a little bit more like winter. Folks, I want to um, just start off and touch on you know where we are as far as the state and look at the amount of attention that they gave yesterday to this, quote, you know, train station that's going to be in Central Falls, Pawtucket, and then going, uh, basically taking more people to work out of Rhode Island and into Boston. It was, um, I don't know, it was, and Governor McKee and all the leaders were there, and to me it was like something out of Little House on the Prairie, right? I mean, what year is it, in fact, that they're all excited about this, about a train station coming in? <laughs> a train, not even anything high tech. I mean, you look on the news and they're, they're talking about, you know, Amazon's going to start doing drone deliveries. And, and it was such a huge deal. The Pawtucket Central Falls Transit Center opens, connects region to major hubs. Well, you know, what's, what's the major hub? Providence? My God, this is like, it's like an episode of Andy Griffith with Mayberry when uh, Andy and Barney are going to go have, they go to Mount Pilot and have lunch. And, and Barney, they go to a French restaurant. Barney insists on ordering in French and he ends up ordering snails by accident. I mean, they were all gathered around. You, do you think, is this like 1830? Um, I the train. I mean, again, I, I I'm not knocking it, but notice that the the train isn't bringing people into work. It's just getting what they're basically saying is all the people that commute to Boston and leave their car in North Attleboro or in Attleboro. Now you can just leave it in Pawtucket Central Falls. It still doesn't. I I and just like the excitement around it, you would think that this. Like, you know, the railroad came through. It's kind of like um, you'd see in the Old West. Remember, like, Gunsmoke? Even though I was little, I've watched the reruns. But you find a ghost town. And it's because once the, you know, the train went in somewhere else, it, it no longer stopped and people didn't go through there. But this was the Channel 10 piece on the big train station that left the station around 4.20 this morning, giving people a new stop on their commute or an easier way to get to Boston. The first trains of the day made their first stops at the Pawtucket Central Falls Transit Center Monday morning. One group of excited passengers set their alarms to be the first ones aboard. This is the first time we've had a new train station open in a while, and I wasn't going to miss out. You know, basically, a Monday morning, get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, sure, why not? 
The $63 million project was paid for with both state and federal funding. It was supposed to be completed last summer, but was delayed due to labor and supply chain issues. It's estimated the station will see over 500 boardings each day. It'll be nice for people to be able to get to Boston without having to take the bus to Providence or to, uh, to Attleboro. Just being able to, you know, for a lot of people, walk here, get on the train and go where they're going. State and local officials took the train from Providence this morning to celebrate the opening with a ribbon-cutting ceremony. Senator Jack Reed says this will be a game-changer for these cities and the entire state of Rhode Island. This is not just about transit. This is about economic development. This transit center will spur development in Pawtucket and Central Falls. Pawtucket Mayor Don Grebian says the station is already having a major impact on the city. Business and developers are already recognizing and investing in the new transit hub in the area and will provide easy and desirable what, access a newspaper to stand? affordable development and rental costs. Hot dog like stand? Residents to Providence and Boston. Coffee? And introducing those, resident, those residents to us. In Pawtucket, Allegra Zaymore, NBC 10 News. Again, I'm not... I, I mean, what this really came down to was they got this federal money. It was a very expensive project, as you heard. Uh, and just another no-bid contract for the laborers to build. But then you look, look at Wakeford Junction, right? There was a lot of bells and whistles when that thing opened. And what has that resulted in? Nothing. I, I mean, has that brought economic development to Wickford? No. Has that rejuvenated the area? No. As a matter of fact, if you, if you take the train from there, all this does now is more and more Rhode Island is really just a bedroom community to Boston. And they're going to make it easier. If you live in Pawtucket and Central Falls, we want to make it easier for you to get to work in Boston. <laughs> so you can so you can actually work there. They're not going to bring any jobs local. But my God, the excitement. And not only that, they didn't time it correctly. And Governor McKee, then they, they were all waiting to take the train back to Providence, right? So they all got on at the Providence train station. They left from the state house. They take the, what, I, I don't know, how long is it? Is it 10 minutes at the most? Uh, train from um, from Providence now to Pawtucket Central Falls. And um, and Governor McKee wouldn't even wait. So then he just jumped in his SUV. Well, you know, that that's the problem. It is just easy that people then could just take their their vehicle and their car. He couldn't even wait it out for that. They couldn't even plan it like that. You would think maybe, I don't know, just have a special train for everyone that took it from the state house to then just get it there. But then, you you know, you look at Wickford train station, that garage at the Wickford uh, Junction, Wickford train station, Wickford Junction, as it's called. I, I think that garage can hold 3,500 cars. And what is it ultimately been used for it's really just been used for during covid and i've gone there uh they test you there you can drive up you don't have to get out of your car you have to drive all the way up through the garage it's a beautiful new garage and you they would do covid testing that's how they were utilizing the wickford junction i come back to i remember when that opened what did they talk about oh it's going to bring economic development this is going to be huge for the area Blah, blah, blah. Now, the problem with that is it doesn't even run on weekends. It um, it's, it just then goes to TF Green. I have not heard about a lot of people. T- Listen, I'm all for making it as easy as possible to get around. I get that. And less people on the road and, and so forth. But, you know, I, I, I also, there's still, 
is there something that could take people and get them downtown? I don't see any effort is trying to try to bring in any any jobs, any companies. All they're seemingly doing is we accept the fact that most people in the state are going to work outside of the state. And so, therefore, we want to make it as easy as possible and as convenient as possible for them to take a train and then go work in uh, in Massachusetts, in the in the Boston area, in South Shore. Now, again, for some people, uh, and I again, I I know people that they they drive at the Attleboro train station. It's right there. You take the last exit, exit two A, in Rhode Island. That's the same exit you take if you want to go to competition shooting supplies. And then there's the Attleboro train station. And there are plenty of people. They go there. Uh, it's more affordable. It's that much closer. And there's there's a lot of traffic. There are people. So maybe maybe now the people instead of going there, they'll park Pawtucket Central Falls. So, but I I, I don't know. Just the amount of money that was spent. I still come back to. Um, and I'm not saying everything has to be high tech, but the amount of excitement around that. I I don't know. Does that really breed economic development? I I think you could make an argument an airport does, make it easier for people to get in somewhere. I believe they should do everything possible to improve whatever we're calling it these days. Rhode Island International Airport, TF Green, Hillsgrove, the airport, whatever. I also believe, you know, years ago there was um, there was a the head of the airport, Kevin Dillon, and he talked about something that's completely underused is the airport of Quonset. Quonset should actually be part of the the airport, and you could run commercial flights out of there. And out of Quonset, you could run uh, international flights. A big part of that is you have to have the runway a certain length uh, because of the the planes. That are flying, whether it's coast to coast or flying international, they, you know, the larger planes, they need a long runway. And I know that's been an issue at, uh, at Hillsgrove, at Warwick, at whatever, TF Green, at Green Airport. So, but that was never, you know, expanded. I, I thought that made the most sense where you get on a rail. You want to talk about a rail where you take the rail. Uh, many times you go to different airports. Whether it's, you know, Atlanta's big on that. I've um, flown into Denver, actually even in Germany, where you you get on a a rail car, you ride for a while. The airport is massive. And it it could have been a rail car that brings you, could just call it like Terminal C, which is really Quonset. And then, you know, that's where connecting flights are people who just drive there. And maybe once a day or twice a week or a couple times a week, direct flights to London. Uh, back and forth, direct flights, San Francisco, Los Angeles, wherever. Expanded there. Everything, I thought, didn't have to go out of green, but they certainly didn't do that. All right, folks, it's Tuesday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. To The John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Remember, weekdays. 11 to 2. But visit the website petro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link. Contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live or YouTube 
or Twitter. It's all right there at the website, dipetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website, dipetro.com. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals, help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401 434 1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401 401- 434-1510, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast, is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Remain healthy. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's My Health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Poppin' and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. WNRI Winsocket. 